0: Most likely there are times you feel like Jesus failed you. Yeah, really. Now let's be honest. It didn't happen when you thought it ought to happen. It didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. And you look back on it and say, Lord, you you're kind of like Martha and Mary, when Jesus didn't show up in time and Lazarus had already died, and they said well, Lord, you know, I'm not saying that you failed, but if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. I can assure you that Jesus did not fail. You just did not understand how he was working and what his plan was. And you already had it worked out in your mind what you thought he ought to do. He, he, it is impossible for Jesus to fail in what He wills to do in your life and mine. And we need to wait and, until He accomplishes that purpose in our life. If you, 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 it'll be evil, easy for you today to follow me in your Bible if you would like. We're going to have the scriptures on the scene. But I'm going to spend uh, all but six verses in Psalm 37. So I encourage you, if you have your Bible and you want to open it and follow me there, that'd be great. Our service tonight, we have the Lord's Supper, and we pray for the sick, and pray for those who have need. I'm telling you, we never have big crowds, but i tell you what, doesn't matter because God shows up, and we have a great time on Sunday night. So it's the first Sunday of the month, so you come and uh, be with us. I'll be preaching the first three Sundays in June t- today, and the next two, and then David will be preaching the last. Next Sunday... God has already told me to bring a message on how we got to earnestly contend for the faith. I've done a little reading and research on the condition, spiritually and morally, of America, but mainly of of religion. And so if you want to read that verse over in Jude, it's just one chapter, but it says there that we're to earnestly contend for the faith. And if we don't do it now, it'll soon be too late. So let me encourage you to be praying about that. On Wednesday night, I'll begin going through the book of Galatians. So I hope you'll come and we'll study that book together. Let me pray for just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know how this word has gripped my heart. And now, Lord, I pray that it would grip the hearts of the people. In Jesus' name, amen. In Psalm 37... It's like David moved down the the channel of time and was living today. Because in Psalm 37, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, uh, David understands exactly what's going on in our nation and in our lives. It's so clearly. As I read Psalm 37, and I read it again and read it again, two things stood out to me. The way of the wicked and the way of the righteous. It is so clearly. It's just like David said, Now, let let me talk to you about the way of the wicked and the end result. But at the same time, he said, But let me tell you the good news about the way of the righteous and the end result. And it really, really encouraged me and helped me. You know, um, I don't know, uh, I, I've had a problem uh, doing something the Bible says not to do. So if you got your Bible open, uh, in, in Psalm 37, verse 1, it tells us not to fret because of evildoers. In fact, he says it three times. Let, let, let's read, the, I'm going to read those verses to you. Psalm 37, verse 1, it says, do not fret because do not fret because do not, be, do not fret because of evil doers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity He said now don't fret about what wicked people are doing. Well, it, like it wasn't enough, he, he went on in verse seven and he said, "Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man." Who brings wicked schemes to pass. He said, now don't fret over what the wicked are doing. And don't fret over the schemes that the wicked have. And then he goes on in verse 8 and says, cease from anger. That's pretty hard when you see what what the wicked people are doing. Do you ever get angry at what some of the wicked people are doing? If you ever get angry, raise your hand. The rest of you just lied. I mean, I'm telling you. Man, I just get angry at what wicked people do. And I know but the grace of God it would be me. But he said, listen, don't get angry. Forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes you harm. Well, I looked up that word fretting. It, mean, it means to, not to be constantly anxious or not to be bound up by worry. But the main thing that that word fret means is don't let it eat at you. Don't let it eat at you. Don't let it eat away at you. And so I'm telling you, in these days it is so easy to fret if you let yourself to be overly burdened with anxiety and worry, and to let something just eat at you that is so desperately wicked, you say, God, won't you do something about this? It ain't right. And so the Bible tells us not to fret. And, and, and so we need to do what God tells us. You know, do you ever, do you ever uh, wonder how people can dream up such wicked things? Have you ever wondered about that? You know, I, I guess they just let their imagination go. This past week was the worst I've ever seen, and, and I don't want to be unkind, but this lady, now let me put this back, this woman decided that she would get a mock of, of, the, of the head of the sitting president, having it been cut off like ISIS cuts people's heads off, and then she took it and held it up on television. The head? The head? of the sitting President of the United States, a picture of what ISIS has done to hundreds of thousands of people. Now, friend, sometimes you say, she must have checked her brain out somewhere. That's ungodly and deplorably wicked. Whether she likes him or not, you cross the line. And constantly we're seeing that the wicked keep pushing the envelope. Are you listening to me now? They keep pushing the envelope. And they'll push it as far as they can. And unless righteous people stand up, they'll just keep pushing the envelope. You know that. They will. And if we, we, we must take a stand. But i got good news for you. I want to tell you something that's going to help you. The wicked are not in control. I want to tell you something. God's in control. And boy, you read Psalm 37, and you'll just absolutely have a spell when God says, well, let me just tell you how I'm going to handle the wicked. And I'm going to show you right now the way of the wicked and how God is going to handle it and how how God is going to deal with it. Now, the first thing Psalm 37 says about the way of the wicked is they will be cut down and cut off. Now, that's pretty strong. God says, I'm going to cut them off and I'm going to cut them down. They shall soon be cut down like the grass and they will wither as a green herb." Well, Brother Fred, are you, are you happy that God's going to cut off the wicked and cut down the wicked? Now, let me just say this to you. Jesus Christ died for all people. Amen? And, but for the grace of God, I'd be right over there, deceived and wicked just like they are. So while, I, while I'm not going to fret about them, but I, I'm not going to like what they do, but I would love for them to be saved. It'd be wonderful. If the Spirit of God would convict them of their sin, remove the blindness from over their eyes, and they would repent and be born again, we need to pray for the wicked to be saved. Amen? Amen. We need to warn the wicked to turn from their wicked ways. And if we don't do that, their blood will be on our hands. But so I, I, I get no joy out of the fact that God is going to deal with the wicked. But He is. And so that you won't fret if you understand God is on the throne and he's going to deal with the wicked. It says, They shall be cut down like the grass. They shall wither like the green herb. Look at verse 22. It says, For, the, for those blessed by the Lord shall be inherit the earth, but those cursed by him, the curse on the wicked, the curse by him shall be cut off. And then it goes on in verse 28 and says, For the Lord loves justice, he does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But get this. The descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. So it's obvious that God is going to cut off and, and, and to cut down the wicked. Verse 34 of, of uh, 37 says, wait on the Lord, keep his way. He shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Man. Bible says God's going to cut off the wicked. The Bible says he's going to cut down the wicked. In verse 38, listen to what He says, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. Now listen to this, the future of the wicked shall be cut off. So why should I fret and get all upset and be anxious and worried and let it eat at me when I see all the wickedness that's going on? Because I can do, I'll do what I can do, and the best thing to do is to stand for righteousness and to speak out. But there are a lot of things I can't do, but I'll tell you one thing God can. And I want you to know, listen to me, God will deal with the wicked. Don't you go to bed at night and say, the wicked are winning. Oh, they, they may be having just won a little battle, but they are losing. Now, let me put it this way they are losers. And so what about the way of the wicked? God's going to cut them off, uh, and He is going to cut them down. The Bible says this about the wicked. The time is short. Did you know that? Listen to Psalm 3710. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Oh, the time of the wicked is short. And you know, I really believe it's a lot shorter than we realize God may be fixing to bring this whole thing to a close. Do you know, I look at this nation, and I look at this world, and we, there are other countries just as worse and bad as we are. When I look at this world, I say, God, no man can fix this. And most of the, uh, of, of, quote, religion is a part of the problem and not a part of the answer. So, God, the only hope is for you to take over this thing. And I'm just going to tell you right now, don't be surprised if God brings it all to an end. Don't really be surprised. I'm telling you now. You need to look up toward the eastern sky. It says here, for yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but he will be no more. The time of the wicked is short. Look at verse 12. The wicked plots against the just. Isn't that something right now? The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. With his teeth. Verse 13, the Lord laughs at him. Whew. So here's the wicked lashing his teeth at the just, doing all this stuff, and God just says, God just laughs at him. For The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. I'm telling you, the wicked will not only be cut off and cut down but their time is short it is very very short and we see also in verse 20 what it says now look at this you know we fret well my goodness look at all the wickedness and how they seem to be prevailing and all that they're doing and I don't like it and the righteous need to stand up stronger I agree with that totally but I don't tell you my hope is not in man my hope is in the living God You can put your hope in man if you want to, but the arm of flesh will always fail you. The only hope I have is the living God. And it says here, the wicked shall perish, and the, hey, and the enemies of the Lord. See, the wicked are enemies of God. The Bible says before we were saved, while we were still enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. Hey. It says here, the wicked shall perish, the enemy, and the w- enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of menace, shall vanish, and like smoke will vanish away. The wicked will be cut down, and they will be cut off, and their time is short. You need to remember that. God is going to act decisively in a way that only God can act. But you know, this, this is amazing. In 37 of Psalm, it says they'll destroy themselves. Look at uh, Psalm 37, 14. The wicked have drawn the sword. They have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, needy to slay those who are upri- of, of upright conduct. They want to slay those of upright conduct. Now listen. Their sword shall enter their own heart the very sword with which they wanted to slay the righteous, the Bible says their sword will enter their own heart and their bows will be broken. Oh, I want to tell you, they're going to turn on themselves because they're lost, ungodly, unholy, selfish, wicked, and they're going to turn on themselves. I'm telling you, they will destroy themselves. Look at verse 17. (laughs) The arms of the wicked shall be broken. They're going to break their own arms. That's right. I remember in the Old Testament where Joshua had this army coming against him and he prayed and they turned on each other and destroyed each other. The arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Here's the next thing. They will be cut down and cut off. That's the way of the wicked. Their time is short. They will destroy themselves. I want you to listen to this. This is the Word of God. The wicked will not destroy the righteous. Psalm 37, 32. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. Isn't that amazing? The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand. God's not going to leave the righteous in the hand of the wicked, nor condemn him when he is judged. Hey, I'm telling you, the wicked will not destroy the righteous. Look at verse 38. But the transgressors will be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. And then you look at verse 40. It says, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them. I'm telling you now, the wicked will not destroy the righteous. Listen, the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Because they trust in him. And, and so what I see about the way of the wicked. Well they're going to be cut down and cut off. Their time is short. They're going to turn on themselves and destroy themselves. They will not destroy the righteous. They will not be able to do that. And the, wicked, and, and the next thing I want you to notice. Is the wicked shall be brought to nothing. Here it is in verse uh, chapter 37 of Psalm. 35, Thirty-five and thirty-six. I have, now this, boy, this is something. I have seen the wicked in great power, spreading himself like a native green tree. And look at the next verse. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, and he could not be found. I wonder what happened to the wicked. He vanished. He was no more. God did what he said he is going to do. You need to understand. God God himself deals with the wicked. I'm not going to fret. In fact, I'm I'm, going to quit watching uh, uh, television because I don't want to be tempted to fret. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be tempted. But I'm going to tell you right now. I came out of Psalm 37 about to run a lap around my house because I know that God has the final word, and we're going to see God's judgment on the wicked. I'm telling you that right now. And if you don't understand that, you've missed it. You can go on and fret all you want to, but I'm not going to fret. I'm leaving it in God's hands, and no wicked man or group of people are, ha- are able to stand against the judgment of a holy God. The wicked would be brought to nothing. God will deal with the rebellion of wicked people. He always has now. Don't, don't. Even when it was his people, even when it was Israel. He would warn them and warn them and warn them, and they'd go after the idols, and God said, Well, now you can do that, but the Babylonians are gonna come and, and take everything you got and take you into captivity for years. But the Israel just went right on. And God said, okay. And boy, sure, sure enough, here comes the Babylonians, takes, destroys everything Israel has, takes them into captivity. God has always judged the rebellious. God has always dealt with the wicked. He is no respecter of persons. And so we, we realize that the wicked would be cut down and cut off. Their time is short. They will destroy themselves. They will not destroy the righteous. They will be brought to nothing. But, you know, God's going to deal with them. Hebrews 10, 31. Do you really believe this? It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Wow. It's no big deal when people, it it is a real big deal when people rebel against God. It's a real big deal when people blaspheme God. It's a real big deal when people spit in the face of God. I'm just telling you, and I'm not talking about politics or anything like that. I'm just talking about when there's no fear of God and they live a rebellious, wicked life, then God says, okay, I I, I provided a way for you to be forgiven. I provided mercy. I provided forgiveness. I provided a way, but you've refused it. You've refused it. And if you refuse it, I'm telling you one thing, you you do not want to fall into the hands of of the living God. It is a fearful thing. God will judge the wicked. And I'm not talking about later, I'm talking about soon. In Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, look at this, therefore, we're talking about believers, since we've received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace that we may serve God acceptably. God give us grace to serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And then he says it in the next verse. For our God, as a consuming fire. You know what a consuming fire leaves behind? Nothing, ashes. Ashes. Our God, listen, the wicked don't understand the God they're rebelling against. They do not understand the God that they that that that, that they're stubbing their nose at and blaspheming and mocking. You know, it, you, you'll see next week as I preach on earnestly contending for the faith. How much unbelief has permeated every part of American life. It's like there's just a, are you talking about a remnant? Of p- people that really believe? It, it, it is a remnant, I'm telling you right now. It's going to shock you. We are definitely in the minority. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Man, I'm getting happy right now. We might be in the minority, but God plus one is a majority. I mean, buddy, when you, it's not whether... Uh, 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 God's on our side, it's whether or not we're on God's side. And I will to tell you, I've never had more hope, never been more encouraged in my life than I am right now because I know God is going to act, and I know God is going to right the wrongs and wrong the right. You watch God. You watch him. He's going to do it. He promised he would, and it's a fearful thing to rebel against God and refuse his mercy refuse his grace refuse his forgiveness and refuse his salvation there's one other verse that's kind of sobering psalm 9 917 i'm telling you that god is going to deal with the wicked the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget god do not fret because of evildoers, cease from anger and do not fret. don't be burdened burdened and overburdened with anxiety or worry. don't let anything eat at you. don't let what the evil wicked what, what the wicked people are doing. don't let it eat at you. you just remember that God is in control and God is in charge and he is said he, he told us right there five ways that he's going to deal with the wicked, and let's just watch it happen. Now, I don't want any of them to go to hell. No, I I, I can honestly say, why do you think I've been preaching for 60 years and asking people to get saved and repent and turn from their sins? Listen, I get no joy in 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 that woman who hung up the head of Trump. I have no joy that she's going to hell. But she's going to hell if she don't repent. And so, you know, it's not that I'm saying, well, whoopee, God's going to send them to hell. No. Why do you think Jesus died on the cross? So they wouldn't have to go to hell. But if you reject what God provided for you, that's where you're going. You say, well, I don't believe in hell. Well, you do know, that ain't change one thing. I tell you, days coming when you will believe. Oh, that won't be long. If you don't believe in it, you'll sure find out you were wrong. But now I want to get on something positive. I thought that was positive myself right there. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) it sure helped me. I'm not fretting, I tell you that. I want to talk to you about the way of the righteous. Praise God. I've talked about the way of the wicked. But, oh, man, what a blessing. The way of the righteous. This same Psalm, Psalm 37. My goodness alive. David, you were in the spirit, buddy, when you wrote this down. Woo, Psalm 37. The salvation of the righteous, this is that same song. the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Our salvation is from the Lord, and he is our strength, praise God, in time of trouble. Read on in verse 40. He shall, the Lord shall help him and deliver him, yes, Lord, The Lord shall help him and deliver him. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Now, let me talk about the salvation of the righteous. I'm talking about the way of the righteous now. The salvation of the righteous is found in Jesus Christ. None of us have any righteousness that would make us acceptable to God. No. The Bible says that all of our righteousness, all of our own righteousness is as filthy rags. So our own righteousness will never cut it. We'll never be acceptable to God by our own righteousness. Well, it, it says over in, uh, in, in the book of Titus that not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saves us. Where do the righteous Get their righteousness. They get it from Jesus Christ. That's where we get our righteousness. You see, Jesus Christ died on the cross in your place. He took every one of your sins, and he took it with him to the cross and nailed them there. He died for your sins. God rose him, raised him from the dead. And now God says to you, the price for your sin, the penalty of your sin has been paid. We were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and blemish. So God says, I have provided a way for you to be forgiven. I provided a way for you to be a new person, a new creation in Christ. So if you'll repent of your sins, which means you'll turn away from them. By God's power, you say, well, I tried and I can't. Well, that's it. You tried. Why don't you tell God, I can't quit that. I can't quit it. I can't. But, God, you can. And I'm willing for you to change me. I'm willing. And, buddy, God will do it if you're really willing. Amen. So, you repent of your sins, confess them, and by God's grace, turn away from them. And, 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 and then you trust, your, trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And His righteousness, the day you repent of your sins, and surrender your life to Christ, to believing in Him, trusting in Him, alone for your salvation. At that moment, He takes your sin on Himself and gives you His righteousness. Now, He's already taken your sin on Himself, but it becomes personal. But He gives you His righteousness. Now, look at this verse. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Now, what part of that don't we understand? God took our sin and placed it on Jesus. And when we get saved, God takes Jesus' righteousness and He placed it on us. Before, When I was lost, all God saw was my filthy, rags righteousness. But when I repented, He took my righteous, my, took my sin and my filthy righteousness, put it on Jesus, and He gave me the righteousness of the Son of God. So, our righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. It is not our, our own doing. It's not by our good works. Our righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, sanctification, who came, from us, came for us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus Christ is our wisdom, Jesus Christ is our righteousness, Jesus Christ is our sanctification, and Jesus Christ is our redemption. There's one other verse, Philippians 3, 9, Paul was the most religious man of his day, but he laid it all down, because the religion he had was by good works. And he said, man, uh-uh. He said, and look, look what it says. He said, I laid it all down, and, be, that I'm, and Philippians 3, 9, that it might, might be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. I do not get any righteousness from trying to keep the law. So I I, I want to be found in him, not having my righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Okay, so now the way of the righteous, our righteousness is in Jesus Christ. Let me give you a couple of things. Now the, the psalmist lays out, spells out the way of the righteous. Here's the first one: the way of the righteous is a way of trust. It is a way of trust. All right, we're back in Psalm 37 now, and we're gonna be there till Jesus comes back. Here we go. We're in Psalm 37 again, and Psalm 37 two. Well. Well, is is that, is that, no, wait a minute. I got it right here before me. Okay, it's three. Psalm 37, three. I trust in the Lord and do good. The way of the righteous is the way of trust. It is the way of trust. Trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and enjoy his faithfulness. But there's another verse And that's his verse five. Now get this. So I'm talking about the way of the righteous now. We're righteous in Christ, but our life is a life of trust. It's a life of trust. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then verse five, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. So the way of the righteous is a way of trust. Well, I looked at that word, I said now, I know, I've, 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 I've heard about trust, 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 trust. You know, trust and obey, there's no other way. And, and, and I, I said, but what is that word? What's the root of that word? You know what it is? To have a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, and the strength of the one you're trusting. Wait a minute now. So, <clears throat> to trust is... To have firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, and the strength of the one you are trusting. In other words, another way you define trust is you have complete confidence, complete confidence. So, the way of the righteous is a way of trust. We trust in the Lord. We trust in the Lord. We don't trust in the church. We don't trust in good works. We don't trust in rituals and rites. No, no, we don't do that. We trust in the Lord. He, Our faith is in Him. Our confidence is firmly rooted in Jesus Christ. And so the way of the righteous is a way of trust. Here's the second thing. The way of the righteous is the way of delight. Now I want you to look at verse 5. Uh, uh, no, it's verse 4. Look at this. How many times have we uh, read this verse and claimed it? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You say, man, what a promise. Man, if I delight in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. That's exactly what it says. And that word delight means to take pleasure. Oh, I like this. Take pleasure in the Lord. Get your pleasure from the Lord. Take pleasure in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, are you ready for this? you know why that that verse, God will do it every time? Because if you take pleasure in the Lord, your desire will become, his desires will become your desire. If you take pleasure in God, his desire will become your desire. And you will want what God wants. You will want what God wants. And so if you delight, take pleasure in the Lord, He'll put in your heart the desires that, that He wants you to have. He'll put in your heart His desires, and He'll give it to you. So the, the way of the righteous is a way of trust, and it is a way of delight. It is a way of taking pleasure in the Lord. And the way of uh, the righteous is a way of commitment But the better word for that is surrender. The way of the righteous is the way of commitment or surrender. I want you to look at verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. I talked to you about trust. Trust in Him. He shall bring it to pass. Now, I looked up that word, uh, commit, and and boy, I love. It was in the Greek dictionary. It says to put in charge. Who Put your life, put the Lord in charge of your life. Would you say amen? Come on. Put, the, put, your life, put your life, put the Lord in charge of your life. Commit your way to the Lord. Put the Lord in charge of your life. Trust in him and he will bring it to pass. It's called surrender. It's called surrender. It's to put God in charge, to trust God with your life to trust Him with your life, to surrender to His will and way. Now, I'm going to tell you some of why you got a problem. I'm going to tell you why you got a problem. Brother Fred, Christianity doesn't work for me. You've never put Him in charge of your life. You still want to call the shots. You still want to do what you want to do. And you can. He won't stop you, but you will be one miserable human being. I'll tell you, when you get fees i tell you, when you get joy, i tell you, when you get abundant life, you say, God, I hadn't got but one life, and I don't want to blow it. I don't want to blow it. I don't want it to go down the tube. So what I'm doing, Lord, by an act of my will, I put you in charge of my life. Brother Fred, who is in charge of your life? Jesus. That's who's in charge. Now, if I get out of the way, he corrects me. Now, he doesn't fire me, praise God, but he says he's in charge. I want to ask you something. Who's in charge of your life? Who's calling the shots in your life? What do you do when God says no? What do you do? The way of the righteous is a way of trust. Firm belief, confidence in God. The way of the righteous is a a way of delight. You take pleasure. You take great pleasure in God and His will and His way. But the way of the righteous is a way of surrender. You say, God, take charge of my life. I have messed it up royally. Would you please take charge? I need help, Lord. I've tried it on my own, and it does not work. All right, the way of the righteous, it, it is a way of trust. It is a way of delight. It is a way of commitment or surrender. It's a way of rest. Psalm 37, 7, look at what it says. David preached a wonderful message on rest recently, and I I enjoyed it. I loved it. And uh, my hobby now is resting. But here it says rest in the Lord. Who do you rest in? Rest in your recliner. I will, Lord, this afternoon. Rest in the Lord. His finished work. His complete victory. His total sufficiency. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of the wicked who prosper in the way, because of the wicked who brings wicked schemes to, 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 to pass. Just rest in the Lord. The way of the righteous is a way of rest. We cease from striving, and we put our trust, we rest in the faithfulness of God. All right? All right, so it's a way of trust. It's a way of delight. It's a way of surrender. It's a way of rest. This is the way of the righteous. Here's here's the last one on this part, and then I'll finish it up with this other part. It's the way of waiting. It says in Psalm 37, 34, wait on the Lord. Keep his way. If you do, he'll exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I looked up that word wait. And the, the 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 word I love. It, it's a Hebrew word, guava, and it and it's in translated into the Greek, and it means to bind together. To bind together, I said. Well, Lord, what are you saying here? Are you telling me to wait on the Lord? Is um, is to bind together? Yeah, you bind yourself together with the Lord. You bind yourself to the Lord, and together. You wait, looking for God to act. Man, I tell you, this is a good time to be bound together with the Lord. And to be waiting on Him to act. Oh, listen. That's a great, great place to be. You know, the way of the righteous, my God, it's a wonderful way. We've received abundance of grace. Listen to this. We've received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And so... We have the way of trust, the way of delight, the way of surrender, the way of rest, and the way of waiting. Well, here's the last part. It's all in Psalm 37. The blessing on the people who live in the way of righteousness. Now, we've talked about the way. We looked at the way of the righteous. But now let's look at the blessings of God on the righteous. Now, we know what happens to the wicked. Well, look at it first of all. The blessings of the people of, of righteousness is God's faithfulness. We sang it earlier. Brother Ed sang of God's power. We sang of God being in control. He had no idea what I was going to preach on, but God did. All right, so let me tell you something. You, you, you know the blessing of being in the way of righteousness and to have the righteousness of Christ is God is faithful. In in Psalm 37 Verse um, 3, trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land. Look at this, feed on his faithfulness. Look at verse 25, Psalm. I have been, boy, this is good now. Uh, this all good, but it's good. But th- this is about, about God's faithfulness. How many times have we used this verse? I have been young, and now I am old. And everybody over Seventy said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. And I have not seen his descendants begging bread. God takes care of his children. Oh, yeah. He does. Even in where there's famine in other countries and everything. God still takes care of his children. There's no question about it. And so he's faithful. He says, I, I, I have been young now, I'm old, and I've, I, I, I've not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. You, you can look at verse 28. Look at what it says. For the Lord loves justice. He does not forsake his saints. Does that tell you something? He's faithful. The Lord loves justice. He does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. They're preserved forever that's the faithfulness of God. But the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. Well, we got the way of the righteous is, God. look at verse 32, it's God's faithfulness. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. Next verse, but the Lord will not leave him in his hand. God is faithful. Well, the next thing you need to see, the way of righteousness is the way of God's faithfulness, but of God's peace. 37.11, look at this. The meek, inner strength, inner strength. The meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The way of the righteous is this. One day God's going to give us our reward. But I tell you what, right now, we just delight ourselves in the abundance of peace. We're not going to fret and fret and fret. We're not going to be burdened down with worry and anxiety. We're not going to let it eat, eat, eat at us. We're not going to fret, 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 fret. No, we're just going to walk in peace. We're just going to walk in peace. That's exactly what we're going to do. That's what God said is, is the way of the righteous. They walk in peace. And then, and and in, in verse thirty-seven it says, "Mark the blameless man, observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace." It didn't say faultless man. Mark the blameless man, the man who's been forgiven and who's right with God and man. Mark the blameless man, observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. Here's the next thing. How many times have we claimed this verse? Right in this context. This is the way of the righteous. It is the way of God's faithfulness. It is the way of God's peace. It is the way of God's leadership. Look at verse 23 and 24. Now, don't you love this? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God leads his children. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. And I love this. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. If you're God's child, if you have the righteousness of Jesus, the Lord's going to direct your steps. But you make a misstep. And you fall. Well, what does God do? Kick you while you're down? No. The Bible says, though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. The Lord upholds him with his hand. I can't remember. I can't count the times God had to pick me up when I made a misstep because I wasn't listening to his spirit. So, boy, you're talking about the way of righteousness. It's God's leadership. He directs our steps. And when we mess up. He lifts us up. He lifts us up. Here's the next thing. The way of the righteous is God's protection and security. It's God's faithfulness, God's peace, God's leadership, God's protection and security. Look at Psalm 37, 18. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their heritage shall be forever. That sounds like protection to me. That sounds like security to me. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and they shall... The Lord knows the the days of the upright. Go back to that other verse. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance will be forever. Man, God's protection and security. All right, verse 19. They shall not be ashamed in the evil day, and the day of famine they shall be satisfied. God protects them. God provides for them. They're secure. Look at verse 28. For the Lord loves justice. Wait a minute, I want to underline this. He does not forsake his saints. You say, I feel like, Brother Fred, God's forsaken me. I think God's forgotten where I am and what I'm going through. No, 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 no. The Lord loves justice. He does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. God's protection and security. Verse 28 and twenty. Look at verse 29. The righteous shall inherit the land. for that's protection and security and dwell in it forever. And here's, I got two more things. God's presence. This is the way of the righteous. God's presence. Isn't this good? In verse 30, it says, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. Because that's God's presence in his life. The tongue no man can tame. But God can tame the tongue. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, it is the presence of God in a man's life that the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. Look at verse 39. No, th- th- verse 31. Boy, I love this. I'm talking about God's presence. The way of the righteous is God's presence in our life. The law of God is in his, say it, heart. That's that's the new covenant. I'll write my law in in their hearts and in their minds. It says the law of God is in his heart. See, we've been changed on the inside, and we're different on the outside. None of his steps shall slide. God's presence. Look at verse uh, 39 and 40. Salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. Hallelujah. He is their strength in time of trouble. Praise God. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. Thank you, Jesus. That's his presence. He will deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Well, here's the last thing. And that is eternal life. So the way, the blessing of the people of the way of righteousness is God's faithfulness, God's peace, God's leadership, God's protection and security, God's presence, but eternal life chapter 37, Psalm 37, verse 9, evil doers shall cut off. <laughs> but are you ready for this? Those that wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. How's your inheritance, Brother Fred? I'm going to inherit the earth. We'll put you in an institution and call you when you get better. No, no, no. The evil doers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. There's coming a day, friend, when God's people will dwell with God in righteousness and truth. Verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth. Man, that sounds like eternal life to me. They delight themselves in abundance of peace. Look look at verse uh, 18. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. I've looked up the word forever. It means forever. Forever. It's called eternal life. Look at verse 22. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. Look at verse 28. The Lord loves justice. He does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. Forever, forever, forever. It's called eternal life. And look at verse 34, wait on the Lord and keep his way. He shall exalt you to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off and you see it. Now, can you believe all that's in Psalm 37? My heavens, man, I'm going to do something that I I know it's it's, it's totally, I don't know what it is. But I'm so thankful that David listened to the Holy Spirit, aren't you? Aren't you thankful he wrote this down for me and you? Now we, don't have, now we have no excuse to fret. We can't fret. Oh, 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 oh. We, we can't do it. Would you do me a favor? Let's just do something together. Let's give the Holy Spirit and David a hand for Psalm 37. And the Holy Spirit just whispered to David, they're clapping Now I want to ask you something. Have you been fretting? Then you need to stop. Oh, I've been fretting. Oh, big time, big time. It's over. Uh, uh-uh. I'm rejoicing now. I'm rejoicing. I know the way of the wicked and I know the way of the righteous and I know God is in control and God has the final word and I am just full of unbelief if I walk around saying, oh my God, what in the world's going to happen? God, don't you know what's going on down here? He says, I certainly do know what's going on down here. But if you're walking in the way of the wicked you can't, you can't say that you weren't warned. You can't say that you don't, you you, you say, well, I don't know what my end is. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. So please, forsake the way of the wicked. Turn your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him be in charge. You say, well, I want to be in charge of my life. You don't need to. You've messed it up big enough already. You need to let Jesus be in charge of it. Put Jesus in charge of your life. Oh my, what a a wonderful peace to know. So forsake the way of the wicked. Receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ by faith in him. And live the way of the righteous. And I tell you, it is a blessed life. It is a blessed life. To be walking in righteousness. And just remember this. (laughs) Um... God is in control. Jesus is Lord. He's coming back. I'm looking forward to it. It won't be as long as you think. You say, "But brother Fred, I want to enjoy this earth." Oh, compared to heaven, you won't. You, you wouldn't want to stay. You wouldn't want to stay. A fella told me in the uh, vestibule this morning. He said, "I want to go to heaven so bad." I said, "Well, let's pray." You said, how old? I think he was 18. No, he was older than that. No. But he did say to me, I I just want to go to be with Jesus. I said, well, let's pray. Let's pray. And ask God to tell him you're ready if he's ready. Please. I preach this in love. I do not want the wicked to die and go to hell. But if they continue in their wicked way, they will. But I do want you. Forsake the way of the wicked and embrace the way of righteousness. And the only way you can do that is in Jesus Christ.